Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm excited to uh, be talking this afternoon with Mike Zeller. And he is talking to us live from Chattanooga, lives in Nashville. And so welcome, uh, welcome, Mike. Larry, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on and can't wait to dive in. Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's talk about winning, Mike. That's what we, that's what we do here. We talk about- We're talking winning. about winning? I we're love talking, it. We're talking about real world winning. And, uh, you know, I, I never had the- uh, ability. I played all the sports in high school. I never uh, had the ability to go pro, but one thing I, I learned my lesson about winning in high school and I, I learned winning is better than losing. And once you get the taste of it, uh, you never want to go back. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And there's a lot of fake experts out there. And the podcast, Mike, is all about real world inside insight from people who have made things happen and uh, they just haven't thought about ideas and learned a bunch of principles. They've actually lived the concepts, thinking, strategies that uh, will allow a person to be successful, whatever business you're in. And so, you know, the winning patterns fall into a similar thing, regardless of what venue you're in or what occupation and so anyway to let people know you founded 12 companies and you uh work with new businesses now you're on the forbes coaches council which i'm curious about uh you uh, generated over 300 million in sales you've helped launched 100 uh startup businesses and uh anyway been featured in Fox, Forbes, Business Insider, Huffington Post, and on and on and on. So anyway, congratulations on getting off to a great start in your career. And uh, uh, you got a lot of excitement in front of you, it, it looks like, Mike. So let's talk about this. So people, when people will meet you and they'll you know, you met people today, when they meet you for the first time, Al, they'll assume, like they do with all successful people, this guy had it easy. This guy <laughs> fell out of bed, fell out of the crib into uh, a life of luxury. He was pampered every step of the way, had every advantage. And maybe you did, I don't know, but was uh, it's always fun to find out the formative years and how you got on the track that you're on now. So how did you get on this track? Yeah, great question, Larry. And um, so on the journey, the entrepreneurial journey, I always had this craving and this drive. And I don't know if it's the firstborn child syndrome or what, but I was uh, certainly very motivated. Um, and my dad was an immigrant from Germany, eighth grade education. Uh, grew up in post-World War II Germany, 
where he qualified. He he was born in 1940, and he qualified for malnutrition nourishment in in the Allied camps that they would take kids in um, after the war, and and they were like uh, interesting side side note. Um, you know, they were very in, very much like a lot of Germans in opposition to Hitler, but also in terror of Hitler. But they had, uh, a, a, he told me recently that they had Hitler's sign. They had, every German had to have Hitler, a picture of Hitler hanging up in their house. Yeah. And the soldiers would come in and inspect the house. And they had it hung up in a closet in the back of the house. <laughs> so, but, you know, it was still a crazy world, you know, during that time. My, my dad saw the Jews walk out of the concentration, walk down his street post-concentration camp emaciated um you know just just parched with nourishment and skin and bones um saying remembers that as like a five or six year old and we we don't always remember you know we don't always remember that we we our story didn't actually begin with us our story we entered into a story the story of our parents the generation in the world what is happening and so i really began before i began which is a complicated, long story. <laughs> yeah. And what, what part of Germany was this? He grew up in a, right outside of Munich, which is uh, Germany's second largest city, typically, um, uh, besides Berlin. Hey, so. that's where my, that's where my uh, relatives are from. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. 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 Coming out, coming out of the same area. Vidal. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, cool. so you grew up and where, where were you? Where did you grow up? What, what part of the I'm, country? I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. My mom uh, was a farm girl. Uh, we tease her as a hillbilly, a redneck grandmother, um, is, is her how uh, we tease her. But she's amazing, and she's uh, uh, she was a teacher for thirty something years in public education. And uh, Kentucky hillbilly—that's what, uh, what what you know how she sometimes self-describes herself. And uh, um, so grew up on a small horse farm. My dad eventually did well enough blue collar working his way up and eventually starting his own horse racing business. Um, but it was small, you know, had one or two employees at most. And, um, but they taught us Protestant work ethic, do the right thing, fairness, you know, all those different things. And I really learned some great work ethic from them, but also appreciation for discipline. My dad was very disciplined, still is very disciplined. Um, so I learned a lot of, a lot of those important life skills from my dad and, and my mom. Well, the thing is that uh, horses require a lot of upkeep, you know. Yeah, a lot of a lot they of do. a lot of feeding and cleaning the stalls and uh, uh, growing your own hay or buying it, and yeah. you know, it's 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 a lot of work. And uh, if you don't, it teaches discipline. You know, when you're in the farmers. Uh, have a very disciplined life they have to and if you grow up they in do. that environment you learn discipline from an early early age that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you necessarily carry it with you but did you you obviously had the feeling uh i don't want to be a, a a farmer all my life i've got actually quite no. a number of friends who grew up on horse farms and it was cleaning out those stalls when they were young no. cured them of any love of horses uh or horse farms 
you know, yeah. motiva- motivated them to get out and get an education and do something else, you know. But uh, what, yeah. what, where was the first time you started thinking about life outside of the farm? Probably the first couple of times I had to ch- uh, clean a horse stall um, or my mom made me uh, pull weeds. And I was like, uh, even when I was a little kid, my uh, we had a picture of me holding, like standing in a mud puddle. And I was like, just like, I was all muddy. And I was like, Ugh. I, I didn't like, I didn't like getting dirty and being smelling like the barn. And, you know, the work ethic was one thing. I, I didn't mind the work ethic. I like pushing myself. Um, but I was like, I'm meant for something different. I'm meant to use my mind. I could feel that as a young kid. And even, you know, now, you know, my book, I, it's one of the uh, main four main quadrants. You're defining life experiences. And so I take people through unique talents, define life experiences, key relationships and your values and passions. But if you timeline your life and you're bringing up some memories I had even forgotten, so my book is about helping people find their deepest area of genius. And, and during that time, I remember like thinking, no, I'm not going to, even as a young boy, six, seven years old, I'm, I'm going to do something different than this. Um, even though my dad was one of the best in the country at the time um, in racing and training harness horses. So I was proud of him, but I just knew that was not my path. So what you're saying is from an early age, you knew you were a pansy. <laughs> I, uh, I, w- I would call uh, softy in the uh, yeah I didn't like to get dirty that's true yeah well but the thing is it's isn't it you know it's kind of like I don't know do you have kids yeah we have an eight-month-old little girl named Sonnet congratulations Thank and uh, the funny thing about kids is when they arrive they are a pack you know they as they they are who they are. That's right. You can influence, you can you know, encourage and whatever, but they're going to be where they're going to be. And it's interesting how early sometimes that will uh, start mm. to show itself, you know, by, you know, you can't change who you are. You know, you could, yeah. not, you could not change that reaction that you had as a child. You know, you didn't want to change it, but the thing is like, uh, most kids would not react that way, but you did. And immediately you started moving, uh, started looking at life a little differently. You know, it had to, had to impact you. Hey, listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, my brother, my brother, for example, my mom used to try and bribe us to uh, read books. She'd pay us a dollar for every book we read. And soon enough, she had to quit paying me because I was reading too many books. And my brother wasn't reading any. Like He never read, <laughs> she, she jokes, he never read one for, for the dollar. But my brother loved being outside and he was building ponds and he was digging ditches and holes. And 
he was just outdoorsy oriented. Um, and like, I have a lot of, you know, we both have a good work ethic, but and mental toughness, but I, mine is just different. I love the intellectual sport and he loved the physical sport more and, but he's certainly very intelligent. And then my daughter, we could pick up on things cause I, I study this and I'm, I would argue I'm in the top 1% of 1% for reading people's patterns and strengths. Once I, uh, you know, that's why I wrote a book on it. Um, but my daughter, we could pick up on things while she was in the womb, what she was most likely like clues. Wow. Wow. For example, at our baby shower, we went, you know, we had whatever, 25 people at the baby shower last summer. And guess what? She was super quiet for the next four or five hours to the point my wife was started freaking out and made us go to Vanderbilt Hospital to scan and make sure she's okay because my wife was just paranoid perpetually for something going wrong. Turns out it was just totally good um, and everything was fine. But when we she was around people, she would get really quiet for hours later. If there was a lot of noise, she'd get quiet. And today, guess what? We take her to a big family gathering uh, and got, you know, 10 other kids and 20 people. She is quiet as a mouse, doesn't say anything, doesn't just wow. looks around and observes. But when she's so she's an introvert, um, but we're also picking up. She's probably high on the DEI uh, spectrum on the disc profile where she knows where she's going. She's got a dominant personality because she's very opinionated yeah. about certain things. Literally smacks her hand as a little seven-month-old on the table <laughs> when she wants something or doesn't want something. Her yeah. first word was, no. She yeah. just shouted out at seven months old. We're trying to feed her something. She said, no, and smacks her hand on the table and shakes her head side to side because she didn't want the food we were trying to give her. And yeah. and so the there's clues about your wiring scattered throughout your life. But the yeah. point is to pay attention to them. When it comes, as far as a strong will, uh, James Dobson a long time ago wrote a book about that and uh, mm. the strong will child. And he came down to it as, the bottom line of it is they're all strong will. Some are better at hiding it than others. You know, <laughs> your, your daughter is obviously one that doesn't want to hide, hide the fact that no, she yeah. wants what she wants, you know? And so, but that's good. And so what can people learn? You know, we've, we've been talking for a few minutes here from a, uh, you know, approach to life. What can people internalize here? And I want to hear about your book uh, in a minute. What can people take away and start because this is all about thinking, you know, you have got to be your own best self coach. You've got to learn how to sort mm -hmm. through these issues in life and make decisions going forward where you can be the most productive. And one of the things that you should be picking up from what we're talking about here is that you are who you are. You mm -hmm. don't have, to, it doesn't do any good to apologize, you know, your best self anyway. Uh, you can't change the way you are. You don't have to apologize for what you're interested in and what you're good at. You come as a complete package of interests, aptitudes. And then as you grow up, you add to that a certain package of unique experiences and they impact you in totally different ways a lot of times because of who you are than if you had a twin brother uh, or sister that was, you know, had different interests. They went through the same experiences and they would have interpreted all different, like you and your brother, uh, mm -hmm. you know, both were exposed to the dollar, uh, uh, 
for every book you read type opportunity. You know? yeah. so, so the thing is that we all are unique. And so how should people, what should people say to themselves when they look for, because people are always trying to pull you over into this activity and their activities, their things they're interested and excited about. And it's easy to lose a big chunk of your life uh, getting yourself. I have a friend in Dallas and he's like, uh, he's like my kryptonite. He can talk me into it, you know, the stupidest things, but it's something he's super excited about. And I just have to, yeah. I, I've learned over the years, it cost me many years, but I've, I've learned over the years when Mike starts talking, beware, put up the screen because he's a salesman uh, off the charts. And before you know it, you're going to be super excited about this thing that you really couldn't care less about. And so just don't make any commitments, you know, I'm going to go on that trip, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get involved with that. Because people like that, and sometimes when you're young, you have parents, and you don't know what's right. A lot of yeah. times you feel like uh, uh, other people see things about me, maybe I should pay attention to it. But how should people interpret that uh, in terms of learning how to trust their gut about what is right for them and what is not and how powerful that is? Yeah, you know, why does the FBI do lie detector tests on our bodies, not our words? It's because our bodies don't lie. Yeah. Our bodies are honest. Our bodies are aligned and congruent. So, you know, I was just um, uh, with some real estate developers I'm consulting and helping them scale and set the stage for their growth. And we were talking and, and they have some things lined up on their schedule that are just, they just are energetic drags. And they, uh, I call it the life or death list, which is the equivalent of your start doing or stop doing list. And when you, when you just feel this negative energy towards doing something, that means it might not be right for you anymore, um, or at least not right now. There might be something else. And, and it might be something that's out of your wheelhouse, out of your zone of genius. Yes, we have to grit our teeth and do certain things like accounting and other things like, you know, prepare for taxes. And, um, but you want even that, like, how can you minimize what you do on that if it's not in your wheelhouse? So um, one of the things that I've seen is there's clues scattered about our lives and, and just paying attention to what your body is saying what your heart is saying and not, instead of living disconnected sometimes we're living someone else's dream a parent's dream a coach's dream a mentor's dream um a dream of uh, the culture we grew up in um instead of your unique purpose and path and and to be remarkable we have to choose our own path and choose our own purpose and and it's there for everybody but you have to hunt for it and create self-awareness around it now, here's the, uh, we're going to follow up on, on that, but uh, Mike, thanks for uh, sharing those early thoughts and ideas that occurred to you growing up and how that shaped the direction that you went in, because it's really interesting how connected we all are. You know, it's like what you're doing today, you've been you since you hit the planet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know what I'm saying? And what you've told us about your, your, uh, daughter you you know you were you before you were born so the thing is that uh pay attention to yourself and if you're getting negative energy positive energy that reaction 
that's there for a purpose. That's there to tell you something. And so great advice. Don't live disconnected because, uh, you know, one thing I've always told people is like, I don't know how great you could be, but you're never going to be great giving, you know, piddling your way. You don't piddle your way to the top. And it's yeah. going to be great in the things you want to be great in. It's probably going to take everything you've got to get there. So you've got to make sure that's something you really want, because otherwise you'll put in a lot of effort and then just give up. It'll be too easy to give up. But if it's something you're yeah. really passionate about and really is where you need to be, you're not going to be giving up. You're going to be finding another way to keep on going. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellowinnie.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Whitell and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.